part of blindsidepods.com. It's on with the Boston Globe. Nothing gets me angry in the Globe. The war with Barstool seemed to come to an end this week, only to be replaced by one with Chris Curtis and the Greg Hill Morning Show. Maybe Curtis heard that he's uh, enemy numero uno. Oh, I think he's... I can confirm he's well aware of that. Okay. I can confirm he's okay. very well aware of it. Schnitt talk. Ah. A tease of the return of an old friend and Red Snappers. This is the Menafan Show Week in Review for the week ending September 20th, 2019. I'm DEC. Boston Globe, from top to bottom, are loaded fucking assholes. Uh, there are sexual predators in the building. Um, I'm trying to be not. I'm trying to be as non-biased as possible. They're just the worst people God has ever created. Kirk Menahan has a long history of battles with the Boston Globe, stemming back to uncovering alleged sexual harassment by former and current staff. Menahan also investigated columnist Kevin Cullen and questions around sourcing and Cullen's exact whereabouts during the Boston Marathon bombing. Menahan also ran afoul with former interim opinion editor Shirley Leung, who he found particularly responsible for his exit from WEEI's Kirk and Callahan. This week, Menahan renewed his focus on New England's largest paper when they ran a series of pieces questioning the New England Patriots for their signing of controversial wide receiver Antonio Brown. Menahan commented on Leung's recent comments. Consider this, she writes. A man accused of sexual misconduct by 24 women can be elected president of the United States. A man who may have sexually assaulted a high school friend can become a Supreme Court justice. A man who's a convicted sex offender can reinvent himself as a generous donor to MIT and Harvard. Let me just let let this paragraph breathe for a moment. We'll start at the top. Uh, The Patriot Way is about looking the other way. She writes this for the Boston Globe. Yeah. Okay. Which would also mean this happens all the time. Right? Right, I guess. Like the Patriot yeah, right. way means looking the other way. That means this is not the first time. Right. So she writes this from a place, the Boston Globe, where they were ready to protect a guy named Jim O'Sullivan, who was sexually harassing women while at the Globe. So I named Jim O'Sullivan. The Globe has this guy, Mark Arsenal, write this bizarre thing in December. Drop him on a Friday at 548 uh, in December 2017. Media, including Globe, walk fine line in the age of Me Too, where they wait 14 paragraphs before they discuss the Globe's own uh, stuff. Uh, a female employee in her 20s filed an internal report against the Globe. Uh, uh, the Globe chose not to identify this employee in the story because alleged conduct did not involve physical contact. Ah. Threats or persistent harassment, and editors determined it's highly unlikely the newspaper would have identified the accused if the situation had arisen in another private company. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're just fucking lying. <laughs> Casting doubt on Leung's intentions... Menahan talked about the Globe columnist's habit of calling advertisers. She'll then, right, she'll then call people who are in business with those companies and say, just so you know, uh, your company that you're in business with over here, Coca-Cola, I don't know, wherever they work, whoever, you know, fucking Papa Gino's has Pepsi or whatever. Uh, just so you know, the company Pepsi that you, you serve their beverages, they're not walking away from this rape thing. Like, they're comfortable with that. Are you comfortable being in business with a company that's comfortable with being comfortable with this thing? What a life. And it'll never, and you could, I mean, you could go all the way to, you know, as far as you want with that. And you know what? Most people, because it's the Patriots and the NFL, most people will say, fuck you. Yeah. But a few won't. Sure. And you'll cost It'll them a little bit of money. A little, a little bit of money. A little bit of money because you're letting a guy play until the legal process is played out. 
Leung is a regular guest on WGBH's Boston Public Radio, where the Brown issue was discussed at length. Making a surprise appearance on the show this week was host and closet minifan Jim Browdy. I, I have a question for you. I like you. Uh, you know that. What do you? What, mm-hmm. you, what are you doing? That's like, a bad. That's a bad opener, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. First, first, first of all, can you criticize Mike Manansky before we start? Do you have anything negative to say about me? Some people have said he's got no talent, but I would be the last person. <laughs> I'd be the last person to say that. So. Minahan asked Browdy if he saw the hypocrisy in Leung's finger pointing. You got to understand from my end when you're when you're mm-hmm. throwing these softballs. To Shirley mm-hmm. and Shirley's wagging her finger about how the Patriots don't handle sexual harassment properly while she works for the Globe and doesn't acknowledge that. You must see the hypocrisy in that. Well, no, I mean we've discussed what? ad nauseum. But let me ask the question. One, first of all, the only uh, interview I think uh, that was done with anybody about what happened inside the uh, Globe we did with uh, with Brian McGrory along time ago that's one i don't think anybody else has done any of that and i think it was i think it shed a lot of light on the situation and we have discussed it with Shirley in the past i don't feel a need every single time she brings up uh, uh issues of uh sexual harassment or worse in any other forum to revisit what happened in her place most importantly menahan wanted to know how concerned browdy was that mike mcnansky former weei morning host and now evening personality is still employed. Can you just say, because you said last time that I was a genius, can you tell me again I'm a genius? Because if you do that, no, it, the buys, only thing you, I, it buys you plenty it's of It's very room. hard for me to even it's comment on that idea. because when Mutt Manansky is still in the air. And so until that is resolved, <laughs> I, I have nothing you to see, say. As the week progressed, 98.5, the Sports Hub personality Mark Bertrand brought the history of sexual harassment up with regular guest and confirmed Minahan enemy Dan Shaughnessy. How about the Globe? Oh, right, right. Oh, because that's silly of the, stuff. Um, oh, right, all those sexual harassments. Oh, and... right. Oh, we drafted interns. Ah, for, for, who cares? Yeah. Issues the Globe has had? I think that's being driven by a, a podcast. Yeah. It's Minahan. We know who it is. Yeah. It's, 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 it's been, uh, he's talked about that for some time. I mean, not that this is like made up or anything. I mean, isn't this yeah. well documented? Your issues at the Globe? I don't mean you personally. <laughs> not you. I, I, to the best of my knowledge, Thank you didn't God. sexually harass anybody there, right? No. Did you drive <laughs> up anybody? Wasn't there like a... <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking of something. I was thinking of a funny line from oh, movie okay. years ago. All right, because yeah, it yeah, seemed yeah. like you were laughing. At no, I was else. thinking about. Yeah, oh, no, 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 it was just, oh, yeah. good. I mean, it was Cameron Diaz had the the semen on her in her hair. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, is funny. Yeah. I can see where that would come up there. Yeah, go ahead. Intern draft. I'm not aware of any of that? I saw it and I saw the stories. I mean, it's been reported. I saw the stories. Yeah. Uh, did you know of that when you were no. working at the Globe? Were you aware of did any not. of that? No, did not. Okay, so you're on record saying you weren't aware of that. You didn't participate in any of that. Okay. Anybody else in sports have anything to do with that? Nothing that I'm aware of. Okay. All right. So sports guys can still cover this, right? I yes. mean, I think it's our job to cover this. And I, I don't think there's many workplaces over eternity that have not had issues in the workplace. So this would be my only, like... Great defense, Dan. <laughs> what, I mean, what was that? I was yeah. thinking, thinking uh, we've never drafted interns in our office. No. Places everywhere. <laughs> of course, we don't have, have any, had but, sexual you know, harassment. Maybe so. if we had some, would do it, but we don't have any interns. <laughs> On 98.5, the sports hub Zolak and Bertrand, Shaughnessy stated the sexual harassment problems of the globe are seen by many news organizations. Uh, it's, uh, let me hear the rest of this. Under the... I mean, every, no, every news brand, organization I, I can think of has had an issue, in most of them, in the last two years. I mean, CBS, NBC, CNN, 
the, you know, the rogues ours gallery. Ours were like five years ago. So what's everyone's going from all these places? Yeah, yeah, our, here, let me be very clear about ours, okay? You're making this like it's a big deal. There were college girls who were there to do a job. A bunch of older men preyed on them yeah. for decades. So what? Those girls are like 40 now. Yeah, one of them was the editor of the paper. The what? girl was like 18. And then the other thing was there was a guy who was sexually harassing. And all we tried to do was cover it up. I mean, what's the big deal? And then yeah. another one pulled his dick out in front of 18-year-olds and we demoted him and moved him to a different state. Those girls have grown up to have most of their adult lives ruined by yeah, this by so now. so what? We, Who we, cares? I mean, we, maybe we should pay for some of the therapy. Fine. It's a different conversation. But what are you going to do? What, I mean, listen, every, every news organization does it. What's the big deal? Everyone's leave, doing it. Let's leave. The Globe always says, let's leave the past in the past. Right. What do you want us to do? Invest it? It's not like we have some investigative team. We're not going to do that. No. Breaking late Friday, the New England Patriots released Brown, bowing to continuing bad publicity Brown was receiving and the distraction it was making. The Boston Globe has been a long-term enemy for Menahan, and there seems to be no end in sight to this battle. Related to this story, Menahan teased the story about Kevin Cullen, which he never discussed. Another piece of sound that was teased throughout the week and seemingly of interest only to Steve Robinson was a story about Daily Caller boss Ben Shapiro. God, I want to do that Colin thing. God damn it. <laughs> I've also um, got some Ben Shapiro audio I want to play for you. Why don't you just play that for yourself? Okay. We'll get to it with Portnoy. Yeah. <laughs> Making an appearance on this week's Kirk Minahan show was Barstool founder and head of content David Portnoy. This was the first time Portnoy and Robinson were part of the same conversation since the controversial Ben Albright story, which almost led to the cancellation of the Menahan podcast. Asked to apologize to Robinson, Portnoy had this to say. First of all, I think it would be appropriate before we started if you apologize to Steve Robinson. Then we can get no. going. <laughs> no, I mean. What do you mean by that? I couldn't swear N-O as in no. Though it seemed all previous animosity was wrapped up on this call, that wasn't the lead. The top story from Portnoy's appearance was his cell phone reception. Well, it, 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 all right, so this guy, well, I forget his name, but he came back. Where are your cell phones going in and out? Well, I don't know what to do. I'm on a cell phone. Okay. <laughs> he makes a good point. Well, I mean, you can can you move like just kind of move around right, so if you I'll hit a good walk spot. To a different seat. I'm in my part. I don't know. I walk to a different seat. All right. You're in your apartment. A, I don't have a landline. Can you hear me now? Yeah, it's great. Go ahead. Portnoy shared some details on the lawsuit with former stoolie Michael Rappaport. Portnoy talked about his strategy with dealing with depositions, talking about what he remembers and what he doesn't, and then contradicted himself later in the conversation. Robinson asked the top stoolie if there was one concern Portnoy had considered. Steve, we can say something or no? Oh, I was just going to ask, are you worried about through this Rappaport litigation that you might catch herpes? Uh, no, I, I, and I can't <laughs> deny whether it has herpes. So I, 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 I'm not concerned about that. I, I see you mentioned I like that, that Dave didn't even register it as a joke. He's just like, I, this must be a serious question. Menahan wanted to know from Portnoy why there was continuing tension between Stoolies and Minifans. Portnoy said it was because of something personal. But why is there this Minifan barstool war? Because have you seen the way your Minifans act on social media? The extreme—they're crazy. I, I All they do is attack us. I haven't had an issue with it yet. Like what? 
You didn't have an issue with them making cartoons of my dog. No! Are you a pussy? I mean, really? You're really offended Shut by up, that? Gonna, <laughs> you know what? I have someone close to you dies, and I'm going to make fun game. of that. Send you cards and remind you and all that. His parents are dead, but, dead but, Dave. Go off. Dave, they're oh, parents. Someone they're, they're, close they're, to him new. They're, uh, they're parents. relative. I hope they die. I'll make fun of them. <laughs> like fine. I won't care. I have, yeah, you will. They're yeah, parody accounts of my parents. I, what, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. I hope somebody you really care about dies very quickly then. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Though the conversation between the show and Portnoy was comprehensive, it was tough to hear all the details with Portnoy's awful cell phone. It all ended up with that. I'm doing my press release like my days at Barcelona all over your What? I can't even hear you. What the fuck are you saying? Why can't you hear me? Because <laughs> your, fo- your cell phone reception is not great. I-, I can hear you better there. I didn't move. <laughs> I'm not sure what to say. <laughs> I have no answer for that. He's making good points. What, what, There's nothing what, what, he can do. What, what, what. Expectations are high with Metahan's next visit to Barstool headquarters. Based on the dust-up with Willie Colon he had last time and the growing influence Kirk has had in the last few weeks, Steve Robinson wanted to be sure the show would have the best access to Portnoy during that trip, good, Steve. Hey, Dave. We've sure got a we've Steve got a trip question, trip but... to New York City coming up uh, in October. Kirk wants to come. Will uh, Will you be in uh, in the in the office in October? You want to do some radio with Kirk? Uh, uh, just uh, just any any day in October, Steve. Uh, I'll check my schedule. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? I mean, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, stupid. No, no, I'm just saying. Dave, you're a busy guy. How's October look? Dave, for you? Dave, we're looking at uh, <laughs> yeah. April 2027. Can you yeah, can you nice check the third week? I mean, uh, this again. This is we don't let producers ask fucking questions. Like this. Yeah, nice question. <laughs> <laughs> I got a text from Dave Cullinane at 8:40 on the Greg Hill Show today. Uh, someone calls. <laughs> Someone calls Antonio Brown an arrogant narcissist, and Curtis says, huh, never worked with one of those. Ooh. Oh. Interesting. Ooh. I'm going to text something to Curtis right now. It's going to make him shit. <laughs> <laughs> can we hear it live? Can we hear the uh, drafting process live on air? <laughs> uh, Curtis has been known to do a few drafts himself, by the way, speaking <laughs> of the globe. Underlings of his have uh, been in his sights. Let's just say that. Oh, leave interesting. That. We'll leave it at that. Interesting. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That's all I'd say. Kirk Menahan has been known for waging full-scale war on his enemies. And after weeks of skirmishes, he asked his Meta fans to conduct a full assault on WEEI's Greg Hill Show, specifically due to the actions of his former producer, Chris Curtis. Show contributor Dave Cullinane, while neglecting his newborn, was listening to the Greg Hill Show and heard Chris Curtis referring to his former boss, Menahan, as a narcissist. But our war is now with that show and that station and with Chris Curtis, even more than Greg Hill, because Curtis is worse. Like, Ken's just a pussy. Curtis is evil and and just a fucking slimeball. Now, I hate to play the voice of reason here, but is there anything to maybe we're overreacting to a culinary? <laughs> no, uh, yes, but I know, I know a lot of other stuff. Okay. That's what I'd say. All right. You know, having talked to well, people in that building, I now know who Curtis really is. And if I ever see him again, I'll beat the fuck out of him. <laughs> I'll just beat the fuck out Straight of him. Straight up. And, and, you know, fucking, that's it. And I'll kill his fucking dog. And, you oh, know, boy. I, I, no problem doing any of that stuff. That's, that was, that, I'm not threatening him. I'm just saying, stay yeah, the fuck. That's you know. just what it'll do. I'm a tough guy. God knows I've lost plenty of fights, but I hate his fucking guts. And I hope he gets drunk again and, and dies. Menahan, who hired Curtis back after he burned his bridges in all parts of media and had alcoholic hepatitis back in 2016, had a pointed warning for the former member 
of the Band of Four. I'll say this to Chris Curtis. You want to go to the war, man? I got ammunition. You want to go to the war? Let's go to the war. I got no problem with that. It's I'm kind of half joking around most of the time. But if you're going to do this thing, fucking let's go. Let's go. Yeah. You think you're a big fucking varsity quarterback, big star now? You know, you stabbed Jerry Callahan in the back. You went to Joe Zarbano, told him to get rid of Jerry. You want to do that? Fine. Wait, what, what, what? What's this? Yep. yep. Oh, yep. interesting. Yep. Well, it was more, do you think we should do this? And Curtis was, and Curtis told me on the phone the other day, last time I talked to him, he said, he doesn't miss Jerry at all. That was a quote. I don't miss Jerry at all. Honest really? quote. Yeah, honestly, he did. That's a, that's a dead serious quote. That'd be don't disappointing to find out. Why? He's a fucking, he, he's happy now. He gets to be like a co-host on he that show. He does seem, maybe Oh, just, he's way happy. Maybe just because you said it that I notice it more. No, but he does it. seem he's like, a co-host on the show. And he'll throw in a line and they all right. love it. Oh, and yeah. it's always like ripping on mutt. Curtis, a member of the programming team at WEEI, reportedly is coaching the members of the afternoon program, Ordway, Merloni, and Fourier. Oh, man. Am I down on my old fucking producers of the EI right now? Oof. Oh, oh come man. on. I, I know, but you know what? But you knew. No, I hate them now. I'll say this. Here's what you do, is you knew when you left that they were going to have to do this. Oh, I, yes. And then when you hear them doing it, you think, oh, these fucking assholes. I was speaking to my former co-host, Jerry Callahan, yesterday about yeah. this. Because he feels the same way I do. And we both acknowledge it's not based in re- rational fair, reason but thinking. Yeah, right. But they're having too good of a time. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And I think they, they're I actually too happy. part of the gang now. Well, you're, I, saying, you're saying Chris Curtis needs to relapse. Well, I've had sources <laughs> uh, tell me that Chris Curtis, who's sort of the second in, well, now I guess the third in command behind the program director, then my old program director, Joe Zarbano, who mm-hmm. I don't know what he does now. And then Chris Curtis... Curtis met with the afternoon show, which is Ordway, Merloni, and Fourier. Merloni yeah. said I'm the worst thing ever happened to the station. Yes. Guy's never won a fucking book in his life, but that's fine. I'm sure he's thinking that now as he listens to that show. Yeah, he continues right. to get yeah. fucking drummed uh, in the ratings. If it wasn't for Minahan. Yeah. It's, it's my fault, right, Lou, that you're getting fucking quadrupled in the ratings by a fucking shitty show. Um, the Curtis went in with those guys and had a meeting with them and said, you need to do more of what we're doing no. in the morning. Oh, wow. No. Yes. Including the lead, which sets the tone of the day at the station. Swear to God I was told this. Now, if you asked, no. if you asked your source, would he say, that's not what I said? I didn't say that. <laughs> actually, it actually wasn't him, ironically. Menahan has announced his replacement, Greg Hill, has the upper hand in inter-office politics, squashing all dissent. He heard this from a source that he promised was not Glenn Ordway and that Talon is banned from poking fun of the former WAAF personality. Due to this extreme act of disloyalty, a declaration of war has been declared on the Greg Hill Show, and ominous comments have been made about Curtis saying there may be alleged actions in his past he isn't proud of. This is completely my issue. This is not really even your fault. I take this stuff too personally, I shouldn't. Minahan had some self-reflection with all the action associated with WEI, and said he often burns through friendships because of perceived disloyalty. Menahan said he had talked to his old partner, Jerry Callahan, and both agreed longtime pal Rob Bradford's enthusiastic support of the Hill program has rubbed them the wrong way, though he thinks the problem lies within. I texted Rob right away, and I said, Jerry said that you, I'll just read the, I actually have an audio of it. Your boy Bradford went on the Hill, <laughs> went on with Hillman this morning, congratulated him, a quote, his great ratings. He told me he sounded the show, he told him the show sounded great. Uh, I said, Jesus, in my response. I said, he's just a stooge, not even his fault. Um, and he said, he's just grateful he put him in the air, Jerry said. Da, da, da. I said, I, and then I texted Jerry. I just listened to it. I hate Bradford now. He said, me too. So I texted Rob at 608. Jerry told me you were suck- you sucked off Hillman hard today. Accurate? Rob said, I went on their show because I was a Fenway, congratulated them on getting the Red Sox off to a good start, joked around a bit. If that was what he was referring to, then okay. 
Speaking of old friends, rumors have been flying about the reemergence of former Boston Herald, Sports Illustrated, and WEI personality Jerry Callahan. How was the Jerry conversation? It was good. Very good. good. Yeah. That's good. Interesting. What do you mean? Mike's nervous. Well, not nervous at all. You very should excited. be. should be. <laughs> very excited. What's wrong with you? It's schnitt talking time. Well, I can tell you're older because you are having this interview at this time. I like this is the abstract <laughs> of dawn. That's true. Friend of this show, Ellie Schnitt, joined the Kirk Metahan show to discuss the manufactured rivalry created by Barstool Editor-in-Chief Keith Markovich, professionally known as K. Marco. The real enemy in this whole thing is K. Marco. I mean, you do understand that, right? I have never taken the shot. I don't know anything about your show. Not a thing. Yeah. No, I, I thought, it, more than anything, I just thought it was very odd for me to be implicated in the entire thing. But, um, yeah, whatever. I mean, no, not people what, do what they want. No, not whatever. <laughs> K. Marco is, is, is an asshole. You can just say it. Just let it rip. It's fine. The two determined they had no beef, admitting they appealed to different demographics and walked away with mutual respect. Like you said the other day, our show is essentially about Boston and weather. And at first, my reaction was going to say, you know, fuck her, but there's actually significant truth in that because I woke (laughs) up this morning and I thought the seasons are changing, it's getting colder, and then I was getting pissed off about stuff in Boston. So you were actually right, as a matter of fact. I'm not. Yeah, I wasn't wrong. No. It is getting chilly, though. Shut up, Mike. It's blind Mike who's yapping for no reason. Sorry. In an unprovoked attack on this host, Menahan brought up the legendary appearance on the Menafan show, falsely categorizing it as an uncomfortable podcast. Mistakenly, Menahan stated the questions I asked about Gary Tangway's reported loitering near a school nearby to Schnitt's apartment as bizarre, when in fact it was legitimate journalism. In the end, Schnitt agreed to a Menahan adoption. No word yet on if she will be attending a WWE live event with her new brother, Harry. Hot dogs, armor hot dogs. What kind of kids eat armor? The time has finally arrived where Steve Robinson had put his mucky where his mouth was. It was the Red Snapper hot dog contest. So you're obviously you're you're entered. Yes. We have, do we have other people entered yet or no? Uh, we have Rich Kelleher, and we have a contest that's running over. <laughs> we have a contest that's running on Instagram. <laughs> I don't like this. And, uh, Robinson announced who would participate and how they would qualify. Benditson, is he in? Is he in? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, you don't need a press pass to get in here. <laughs> I was going to say. I don't know. If we want to invite him in. <clears throat> I think of all the dark characters, there's a chance Benditson may be the darkest. <laughs> Just so you know. I've heard stories. I like him. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he's obsessed with death, which is fine, we are, as, as all we are. Well, looms over us, uh, as always, Kirk. <laughs> the only certainty in life is death. Yes, death comes to us all, as the, she says in Braveheart. But uh, Benenson was not allowed at Foxborough for a while? Hello, may I get in? Knock, knock. <laughs> uh, do we know why? Uh, he's no got a idea. new job. What? Oh. That's what he told me. I said, he told you what? I asked him, I said, hey, have you lost your press credentials? And he oh, said, this, I have a new job. This happened last year, too. And he wasn't allowed credentials at the Super Bowl last year. Hmm. Yes. He wasn't, he wasn't exactly forthcoming. He just Evidently, said, I have a new job. And I, am sp- I do not know this as fact. You're going in like a New York Times reporter. Basically. Well, I'm just saying I don't know. I'm not, my understanding is he may have had some incidents with other members of the, of the beat. Yeah. I, that, some, got, that got uncomfortable. Someone, someone reached out to me and said, you may want to distance yourself from Ben. I don't know how reliable this person is. The person I, I know. I, I don't think okay, so. Okay, because I got the same thing from somebody I know very well. Okay, yeah. Did you get some sharp elbows? Ben 
sharp elbows? Is he n nudging other people out of the way? What's going on? Right. It's, it's for you. Phrase we don't know. It's for you. Do you, do you see it right there? <laughs> Robinson, who allegedly finished second in a contest sometime between 2006 and 2014, talked about his capacity to eat Maine red snappers in five minutes. What number will you be embarrassed by? Uh, I'm aiming for three. In how many? And how long? What? What's the time limit? You claim to finish second five minutes. in this contest. I know. Five I know. I've lost. I've lost the step. Three hot dogs in five minutes. I've lost the step. I'm aiming. For I could do three that. Hot dogs. I could do that casually. <laughs> that's like a. That's a. That's not. You won't be. You'll be hungry after that. With the hot dog contest happening, it was time for another visit from the enigmatic Rich Kelleher. Kelleher's so crazy, like, he won't know he's full. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like his mind is so warped. He might, he might just, just vomit. He's eating his fingers by the end. Yeah. What's that? There's some disease it's called that. Where they I know what you're talking about. Where they just eat objects. and Yeah. yeah. I remember Artie did a whole thing on it one time. Shit. I forget what it's called. But go ahead. I think it's called Pico, right? Go ahead. Where people just eat. Just, just play <laughs> the many, many fucking blind. sound. Kelleher, who said multiple times before, during, and after that he felt like vomiting, was a non-factor in the competition. Where he factored was in his ability to pitch content and show ideas. Unfortunately for him, no one could decipher them. Oh, that's fine, but can I ask you a question first? Do you ever wonder why everyone else doesn't <laughs> understand what you're saying? <laughs> Have you ever taken that moment to pause and think, maybe, maybe, because I've done this too, some re reflection. I know you got your sidekick who, who believes in you, but did you ever think oh, that's that... Good. No one's turned their ringer off. the hostage negotiator. <laughs> Rich, will you let one of us out, please? Okay. Uh, <laughs> do you ever think maybe it's a you issue? Y yes, but I'm struggling right now, so can I just get through maybe 30 seconds to explain? Sure. Oh, I think this will so clarify everything. Go ahead. We had a 12-minute conversation. It went really well. I really kind of had to explain. With whom? The business manager. The one who left? No, the front desk associate left. Do you understand he's... what he's talking about? <laughs> I, no, I'm lost. <laughs> Does anyone understand what he's talking about? The front about? desk associate left the business. And now the business he's, manager. he's answering calls. He's doing a bunch of different the things. The driving range? No, it's the first place that you know of. I don't. The hair place? Yes. Okay. Go so. Ahead. Sounds like you'll be working with Colonnade soon. We had a 12-minute <laughs> conversation about it. I explained what a podcast was. How long was the conversation? Had, 12 minutes. He okay, had two, two big questions. <laughs> one, just like how they used to sponsor headlines. He wanted to know if there was one section that he could own, which I said I wasn't sure yet. That sounds like a programming decision that Kirk and Steve would have to make. Honestly, that's totally up to you. I would his like your hand in the programming. His second, his second, like Colin himself, I want you to be heavily his, involved his in the second, content. His At what point do you feel safe cutting off this his conversation? Second, <laughs> there was no redemption for Robinson in this contest as he missed out on the win with another runner-up performance. 12 seconds. People are giving 11, up. 11. Steve's still going. Wow. Eight, Where do we stand? Seven. Is it Steve's Shit. game to win? Steve's got know. this, I think. This is right here. Three, two. two, one. Oh, God. Done. Stop. You can, you can, I'll tell you what, Mike, He's got swallow, please. Can you sit? You boys, time to swallow. Thank you. All right, we are five minutes in. We are done. <laughs> Look at Kelleher. And it looks... I think Patrick's got it, right? Now, Kelleher. Yeah. Patrick's the winner. Five, five full dogs. Five full dogs. Steve, what do you have to... Oh, fist bump. I have a feeling... Get the I have a Disgusting. <laughs> You agree to the competition, you idiot. I have a feeling Kelleher is playing up some sort of an illness in order to sue us later. He's been called an old man trapped in a 30-year-old body, and now Steve Robinson has found a strange way of describing the real definition of a little kid. Is he, did he kill anybody over there? We don't talk about it. Who's we? My brother and I. You never talked about it at all? No. You never asked him? No. Why not? I mean, maybe once when I was a little kid, but no. How much older is he than you? 
Uh, seven years. Oh, he's seven years old. How old was he? How old were you when you first allegedly went over there? Uh, <laughs> 14, 15. What? I was, in, I was in like high school. I think I was a sophomore in high oh, school. Oh, I thought you said he was. I was like, what? Jesus, I got my question confused. So if you were a little kid, how old were you as a little kid when you asked him? What do you mean? Little you said kid, you were a little 17, kid. 17, 18, you know? You're just a, little, a boy. I was, I, was, I was much younger. Yeah. yeah, but you said you were a little kid. No, it was like the first thing, the first question that you asked. They, they do like army training videos for what happens when you come home and your little brother asks you, what did you do? Don't don't give me those fucking eyes. You're the one who wanted to go down this. You road. said little kid. Little kid. This is, is another. Like, this is another example of Steve seeming old. Is that he refers to being like 17? <laughs> a as little, a little, kid little kid is. If I said little kid, I, I think like five years old. <laughs> okay, sorry, teenager then. Okay, he didn't answer. Late, late teenager. He did not answer. The, he didn't answer the question. <laughs> no. Ben just he kind of looked away in the distance. Yes. We, we don't talk about thousand that. yard stare. I don't want to talk about that. And with all those red snappers down, that's it for another week in review. The week ending September 20th, 2019. For Blind Mike, MHB, Ryan James, and everybody at Blindside Pods, I'm DEC. It is currently twit. Uh, Jesus, Mary. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Good weekend.